0: Today is something we haven't done officially, but we will do this once a year. Today is the end-of-year offering service. Some of y'all don't know. You can praise for that. Come on, somebody in here. Can I I get a Colton clap? Can I get a Taz clap? Come on, we got some people. Today is the end-of-year offering. You're like, well, what is that? That is where we have searched our hearts as a church, and we are giving just like we give to our loved ones for Christmas. Isn't it fun to give to God's house? Isn't it exciting to give to God's house? Because if he's blessed us with everything, it's a joy to give back. And when we when we recognize the joy in giving, it's a desire to give back. We give through our tithes, we give through our time, we give through through our, our prayers. We give in all these different ways, and it's a joy. And today is a special special end-of-year offering. How many believe the church is meant to grow and go somewhere? And in order for it to grow and go somewhere, it's got to be nudged into place. And this is how we do it. We gift back to the church. We give the church a gift. And so me and Michelle have been praying, and we, we did our gift online. And a lot of you have, have done your gift online. And what I want to encourage you this morning is to search your heart that there's two ways you can do this special giving, that we will only do this once a year because this is special and it matters. You can go to church, one giving and give a one-time donation to the church. And what this donation does is it helps catapult the church into 2021. And for the plans we have, for I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. There's plans that God's working on right now in the church that maybe y'all don't know about, but God does. And it takes a push, a surge, and God's going to do great things through our generosity as we give back. The other thing we announced that this year, and specifically, if we started a special pledge campaign. Now, I don't want to be some church that says, hey, we're getting a building pledge fund and not be really searching for a building. So I want to tell you today that we are actively searching for a building to purchase, to own, to make it our home. This is not a joke. I wouldn't say it if it wasn't for real. And if anybody knows me, they know if I say it, I mean it. This is a real thing. And we are actively looking and we have started a building pledge campaign. And if you're interested in that, it works a little different than a one time donation. It's a pledge over the next three years. And you can, you can find out about that by going to onecchurch.org slash pledge. And what that money is going to cover is we're trying to raise a half a million dollars over the next three years. And what that money will do is help us in the acquisition of a building. It will help us in the build out of a building. It will help us in the maintenance of the building over the next three years as the church keeps growing. Can I say that we're inches away? What sometimes feels like a mile God says, maybe it's just inches, church. It's inches away, perhaps. So I challenge you. This is not for me. I don't take money from this church. I'm a volunteer like everybody else. In fact, I go all in because I believe in this mission. So I'm telling you, as a fellow volunteer who likes to give joyfully, This is a for real thing, and if you give out of your heart, you're going to see something shake up for 1C Church in 2021. And I put my life on it because I've given my life to this, and I promise you, church, you will see new things manifest as you give graciously. It takes us all. We have to do it together. So that's exciting. That's exciting. We're also starting a new thing next year. This year it got canceled because of corona. It's called Miracle Month. And Miracle Month, we always do a drive for charity. And normally we do the crisis nursery, but this year the drive was shut down because of the pandemic. And sometimes we also do a drive with the Friends of Wings, which is for hospice children. They're both really good causes, and it's, it's hard to not just give everything you can to everything. But what we try to do, because we're a small church, is we try to be the most resourceful with what we have and give to where we can bless the most, and God will do the rest. And so next year we'll restart those programs and December is also Miracle Month. It's when we deliver the miracle through our gracious giving back to a charitable cause. We don't talk about tithing often, but I might as well since we're talking about money. (laughs) If you've never tithed before, it's something I battled for a long time, but let me encourage you to test God. The Test God. God says, I give you all. I only ask for a tenth back. And he increases. The best way to do it is to go to 1C Church and set up a reoccurring donation. You'll forget about it. And you don't even know that you're making the difference in God's house. I challenge you today to try it if you never have. And we're so thankful for everybody's generosity in this church. But as pastor, I wanna encourage you to go further with your faith because that is the control thing that gets this culture is that. And we are fearful that God will not provide. And I promise you with my own testimony, God will provide more than you can handle. It's good. Amen. How many are glad to be in his house? How many are thankful to be able to give today? Well, if you're still standing with me, you can go ahead and sit down. And because it's online, I don't really know if you're standing or sitting. And, and I don't remember if I actually told you to sit, but um, you can sit. It's So good. We're starting this thing to go along with Miracle Month each year. And we're going to associate it to the end of your offering. And it's a word that's going to lead us into the next year. I've been wanting to do this for three years, Damon, and it's finally happening. But this year, we're gonna release no pun intended, our first year, our first word. The word for 2021, church, is release. Everybody say it. Release. We're releasing. When we release what God has put in us and release it all for his kingdom, his vision will become a reality. We're releasing. We're releasing each year. We'll come up with a word next December. We'll come up with a word for 2022. But right now, we're in the mode to release. I felt like God gave us that word that that is the word. We're ready to release it. That God says I got it for you, but now you got to release. Now you got to release, man. You guys did good this year. You guys, hung. I've had pastors say, "Wow, you guys have been through the ringer." And I said, "It's just the mission, man." But now we're ready to release as a church. God's going to bless 1C Church. I want to give you a special passage today. And by the way, the next two weeks we'll be doing our Advent Christmas series. That'll be our Christmas series and we'll end it on December 20th. And then the last week of December will be a special online conversation with Michelle and I. Maybe we'll throw in a camera and we'll see. Maybe we'll throw Nolani in there, conversation shake. We'll we'll just make it fun. And we're going to have a look back on the year. Oh, boy, what could that talk about? You think we'll mention the pandemic in that? I don't know. There wasn't. There was like so many other things that happened through the pandemic. Thank you, pandemic, for blessing the church indirectly. God blesses indirectly. He does things you don't even think he's doing because of a thing we think is a problem. So good. So that's what the last week's going to be. But today, everybody say, say, today, I'm going to give you John chapter 11, verse 30. 44 this is when Jesus is being recruited by Mary and Martha to raise Laz not Taz Laz from the dead and Martha's not happy because Jesus his timing was not good it was not good Lazarus was dying and eventually died and Jesus was still just kind of slowing his roll up into Bethany what's the problem up in here? I don't see anything worth running about. Martha's looking at him like, you crazy, come take care of my boy Lazarus. Verse 30 says, now Jesus had not yet come into town, but he was in the place where Martha met him. Then the Jews who were with her in the house, comforting her, when they saw that Mary rose up quickly and went out, followed her saying, she is going to the tomb to weep there. Then when Mary came where Jesus was and saw him, she fell down at his feet, saying to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Has anybody ever said it to God? Lord, if you had been here when I called, everything would have been all right. But God didn't show up as quick as we had hoped. If you had been here when I called, Therefore, when Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who came with her weeping, he groaned in the spirit and was troubled. The spirit makes intercession for our infirmities. When we know not what we should pray, we will utter with groanings, spiritual talk, speaking in tongues, all those things. The spirit makes intercession with a groaning that cannot be uttered. He says he groaned in the spirit because he was troubled. That's an infirmity. The spirit was in him. He was born of the spirit. And can I just say, they didn't understand what Jesus was trying to show them. And that is why he groaned. He didn't look at life and death like we do. He groaned for a, ge- a greater cause. And he said, where have you laid him? They said to him, Lord, come and see the shortest scripture in the Bible. Verse 35. Jesus wept. Everybody say it together by memory. You don't even have to look at your Bible for this because it's, it's two words. Jesus wept. Then the Jews said, see how he loved Lazarus. He's weeping. Looks are deceiving. Sometimes weeping is for one thing. Perception is another. Some of them said, could not this man who opened the eyes of the blind also have kept this man from dying? Why did he let this happen? Then Jesus again, groaning in himself, came to the tomb. He hears them saying this stuff and doing these things, and he's just... He's like a father looking at the child going, one day you'll see what I'm saying. Came to the tomb and he said, take away this stone, Martha. The sister of him who was dead said to him, Lord, by this time there is a stench for he has been dead four days. Ew. And Jesus said to her, did I not say to you that if you would believe you would see the glory of God? You see how Martha is always questioning God. How many times? Martha, Martha, Martha. It's like the Brady Bunch. How many times will we just keep doing it? He says, didn't I say if you believe, you will see the glory of God that you ask for me to deliver. So then they took away the stone from the place where the dead man was lying and Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me and I know that you always hear me. But because of the people who are standing by, I said this, that they may believe that you sent me. He's saying, God, I already knew what you're going to do, but they don't understand yet. And by faith, I'm going to speak it. So they cling to it like like smoke hits water. I'm going to cling to it. That they may believe I speak it again in your name. Now, when he had said these things, he cried out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And he who had died came about, bound, hand and foot, with grave clothes, and his face was wrapped with a cloth. Jesus said to them, "Loose him, let him go; he's good. Loose him and let him go." My title this morning in this special service is "Watching God Move." Watching God Move. Look at your neighbor and tell him, "Watch." God, move. We're watching God move. I'm gonna do something weird right now. Can I do something weird? you like, every week you do something weird. Okay, I'm gonna do something weird again. Um, I never thought, well, I never thought I'd be preaching at a YMCA and I never thought that we would move the church from a high school until we bought a building and then I never thought we would go into a movie theater and then I never thought we'd be shut down and we'd have church in the basement for five months and 22 weeks if you really wanna know exactly and, and not miss a week. And, and then I never thought that we'd go back to the theater and then we'd get shut down again. I never thought that. And then I never thought that the theater would shut down again and then we'd move again in the same year and we'd just keep moving. And I finally said, why don't we just have church out on the sidewalk because it will be easier. We don't have to actually pay for anything. And so, and so then I never thought that we would end 2020 online. And, and so it's really cool because now I'm like, I'm into it. And I'm I'm used to it, and I'm I'm feeling the flow, and so I just wanted to show you like it's it's not always what you thought, you know. Let me let me see if I can do this with my nice my nice little. let sure. Cameron. Let's see what happens, Cameron. Let's see if I can get this on the. Let's see if we can show the people, people, people. This is this, this, I never thought this, and and that's okay because I, I like it that I don't know because it's it's easier that way, and and I don't know if this will show up on the camera. Is this, tell me tell me what I need to do here. Can you get that? Mm-hmm. Isn't there? Focus. That, that's what I'm looking at. That's what I'm looking at. I see Cameron, I see Damon helping us. I see three Gwaltney children, Mike and Nolani, putting it down. And that's a memory I'm going to cherish forever because I never thought that would happen. I never planned for that. And guess what I'm going to remember this year? Those moments, the ones I never thought would happen. No, not us. My brother, they're going to probably shut down church. This is March. No way. Two weeks later, they shut down churches. Thank you, bro. You were right. I never thought a lot of things in my life. But one thing I do know is God has been faithful through all the things I never thought. And it's a lot easier to manage the, um, I'm not used to having all this stuff up here. It's a lot easier to manage the load when you quit thinking it's going to be the way you thought. Let me take this Hold on. Please hold. Okay. I don't like stuff in my pockets. Is that weird? Just chuck my phone across the, (laughs) chuck it across the stage. But there's a lot of never thoughts in my life, and probably today in this year, there's a lot of never thoughts in all of your lives. Can I get an amen? Y'all with me? Some stuff happened this year that you didn't think would happen? Taz? Taz got Minecraft taken away. He never thought I'd take away Minecraft for good, but now it's permanently destroyed. Taz never thought that Minecraft would be, and now he's giving me the Taz, meaning devil look from the audience. But as a person, it's really hard to see past the season we're living in. It's often hard to see when we are experiencing pain. It's hard to have hope when we are currently struggling with depression and anguish. It's everywhere. It's in your church. It's in your church members. That's why we need community. It's definitely hard to be motivated to seek God's best over our lives when we feel like God is not responsive. If you had been here, God, to our call when we were hanging onto our day-to-day by a thin thread. My kids like sewing. Thread is thin. It's not like fishing line is thread. Thin thread. We feel like we're hanging by a thin thread. But my challenge and question for you this morning is I got a runny nose. It's not Corona, so don't freak out. I just got to sniff, okay? What if our calling was only as powerful as the path we we're willing to prove it by? You know, you step by step. God's called you to walk a path. And what if God can only move as much as you're willing to walk down the path? How much do we? believe that God is going to exceed our wildest expect- expectations. We don't want him to just deliver what we expect because that would be normal. We want him to blow our minds. Audacious faith. Believe in something that the community says we've never seen that. That's what I'm believing for. That's why I got into this because I know that God can do amazing miracles. I mean, he just raised last. Here at 1C Church, we believe God has set us up to do something amazing, for his house. Something we can't even fully understand yet. What it will be, but we do know, it will be on another level. See, back to that word, release. Releasing our best to God allows his vision to become our reality. And any goal you set out in your life, when you give it your best, it takes your vision into the realm of a reality. In time, It takes due diligence, consistency, strategic risk, and faithfulness. So if that can happen in our secular world with our secular desires and our secular carnal wants, what can happen when we do it for God's house? Come on, church. It's not loud in here because there's no people. But online, I hope you're shouting right now that if God is on your side, you don't think he can blow open the doors of your wildest faithful imagination for his kingdom? Come on, somebody. He raised Lazarus from the dead. He was stinking for four days, and he still rose. Martha tried to say, why are you even bothering? He stinks. He's dead. He doubt, She doubted God again. feels familiar. Jesus says, when you release the best that I have for you, you will help manifest my vision into your reality. And the problem with that, the problem with 2020, is that it's a timing thing. We're trying to time the unexpected, and when the unexpected happens, you can't put a clock on it. Well, they may have the vaccine. Well, the vaccine may do something to people, and they may have this, and they may open up, and they may shut down, and they may, they may, they op- may open up halfway, and they may do a mask, and they may not do a mask, and, and they may have a limit on capacity, and they may not have a limit on capacity, and they may this, they may that. After a while, you've got to say, I don't know. I don't know what to expect, and I'm okay with that. Because my faithfulness isn't based on my expectation. It's based on my calling and the promise. The promise still stands. Great is your faithfulness. It don't matter. My faithfulness doesn't waver because of what I've experienced in this year. And the timing is unexpected. So it's hard to handle. And so then we start doubting. We become Debbie doubters. I've done it. But just because you don't see it doesn't mean just because you do see it and you know God will do it. Some of you know what God has brought you through and they know you, he'll bring, it, bring you through again. It doesn't mean others will see it in the same timing as you. Well, I just don't know, Michelle. I see it this way, so why isn't God providing it? Because God's timing is God's timing. And I don't know, I've been faithful. I've been faithful to the church and I've been faithful with this and my job and all these things, but God didn't deliver, you know, this or that. And it's because God's timing is his timing. And his timing is often out of sync With raising our idea from the grave, it's often late to us. God's never late to the party. It's just late to our timing because we try to time God. But how can we time what we don't know? So do you still believe when you don't know? Are you faithful? Faithful is belief in action. Will you take action when you don't know? Do you believe enough to know? Me and Mike were talking about this out in the hall this morning, that even the demons trembled and questioned Jesus. He says, we know who you are. We know that you are the Christ. Why have you come to torture us, Jesus? They believed also. But belief takes action, and that's the difference. The swine weren't ser- the demons weren't serving God. In fact, they went into the swine. The swine ran off the cliff, but they knew. But that's why we preach it. Because faithfulness takes action even when we don't know. I don't know. But I know he's able. And I know he has the best interests over my life. And I know, I know this, is, this is speaking uh, figuratively for everybody. I know, I know I've been feeling this way this year. And I know they hurt me. And, and, and they, they, they jabbed me. And they did this. And I lost, I lost that promotion because of the, the, the pandemic and all these things. But I know that God has his best interests over my life. That's all you got to hold on to. You don't have to hold on to the rest of the details because that's what will make you crazy because that's when you're trying to control the expectation is when you try to manage the details of God's timing. Let it go. Touch your neighbor, tell them, just let it go. God's timing is unexpected, perfect. So are we living expecting from God today even when we don't understand how it looks, how it feels has your expectation shifted because of how it's perceived by you in this season? Or do you still believe with the same fervent mustard seed faith that God will multiply what it is we invest in him? Will you call on God when your situation seems dead and dormant? We're not getting any views. I don't know where people went. They went to the Bahamas. Nobody's on social media. It's a ghost town. All the places are closed down. Been in the tomb four days. Will you still believe and act on the faith when everything around you seems dead and dormant, when everything around you looks like Lazarus? The scripture said Jesus wept and he groaned. Let's clarify this. What if Jesus wept because he was trying to release back something bigger than they could even fathom, to blow their minds? What if God is groaning in your season with you right now because you're worried about this? And he says, you're missing this. You're missing it because you're focused on the moment. And this is a generational thing. And this is a multi-generational thing. And this this is a forever thing. Don't let the moment miss the forever thing. God says, God says, I'm trying to show you. He was trying to show them that he was the resurrection. And they were caught up in just raising Lazarus in a carnal, emotional thing, which is what we want as humans, and I get it. I'll be sad too. But Jesus was groaning for a greater reason because he was trying to give them back something bigger that would blow their understanding, which produces more faith. The faithful never stop doing one thing, preparing. The faithful never stop preparing. They're preparing for an opportunity. The biggest thing with opportunities in life is you're not prepared to handle them when the opportunity, you've heard, when opportunity strikes, when opportunity knocks on your door. But some some opportunities are so big that if you're not prepared for them, you will be um crippled by them. You will be, be sunk by them. The weight of them will feel like a burden. What we'll started out as a blessing will feel like a burden. But when God's church starts preparing for an opportunity that when opportunity knocks and God says, it's your time, we say, yes, let's go. Okay? Come on, somebody. When opportunity strikes and you're prepared, you can say, let's go. When you're not prepared, somebody else says, I'll take that from you. Thanks. That's business, that's church growth, that's life, that's opportunity. Preparation is what capitalizes on opportunities. And opportunities come out of nowhere in the times people least expect. Oh, that's good. They come when you don't expect. The door was cracked, Mike. (laughs) I can't share that on on the sermon opportunities, sometimes not good ones. Surge when you least expect. Catch you off guard if you're not prepared for the good ones and the bad ones. You gotta be, it's discernment. You need to know how to discern from a distance so when the enemy tries to get up close to you, you say, I've seen that. You can go now. That feels a little close to home today, doesn't it? That feels real close to home today. I said, we've seen that. Thank you. But we've got a God that's bigger than that, and you can go. Be prepared for an opportunity. And, And they believed enough to call Christ to the tomb, but they were believing for something this big. When God said, I came to do something this big, and oh man, if you could just see what I came to do. So he groaned, and he wept. They expected to see healing, but he brought resurrection power. He had to do an earthly miracle and raise Lazarus to show them that he was the divine God almighty who was the resurrection. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And that's what I came to deliver to you. It's so much bigger. It's so much bigger. It's so much bigger than 2020. This isn't Barbara Walters. Tell your neighbor, tell them this is not Barbara Walters. It's bigger than 2020. How many remember Barbara? Love her to death. Barbara, just an illustration. Thank you for all your years of service, son. Next time on 2020, in her British, was she British? British accent, I, I'm, a, I'm derailing quick is what I'm doing right there. But God will meet you in the middle. Some of you said, why does the pastor keep saying this thing? You step, I step. Because God will meet you in the middle. And like I'm preaching today, releasing our best to God allows his vision to become our reality. But he says, here is the path. And if you walk down and I will meet you in the middle. But I can't drag you out of, I can't drag the faith out of Nazareth. Because they don't have even the faith of a mustard seed. So I can't do many miracles there, he said. So I'm going to have to go over here. Because to them, I'm just a carpenter's son. Remember that? Who remembers that? That's the Bible. Anybody remember the Bible? I got a couple nods. Nolani nods. Yes, she does. Go Nolani. Even Jesus couldn't manifest the miracles that had been prepared for the people because they didn't believe enough to walk down the path. They just stayed back and says, I believe. Show me. God says, I'll show you when you step. So we always say, you step I step, you step, I step. I being the Lord. Lord said, I will step and meet you when you come towards me because that shows me you have some faith. Come on, somebody. It's good. I'm preaching to myself here. I'm trying to control God. I'm trying to control what God can do in my life. I'm trying to calculate God's movement. He can't be confined to a calculation. Come on. Well, this is the way you should do it to succeed. That's not how God works. God wants to meet you in the middle. He works on faithfulness. Releasing our best to God allows his vision to become our reality. You remember before this, Mary, Martha, 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 I always say it three times. Mary, Martha, Laz, Laz. And Jesus, they would hang out. They were friends, I would say. And they'd have dinner for Jesus. They'd get some Grubhub. And, and Jesus would stroll on up with his Starbucks because, you know, they said he was slow to get there. So it's because he had to hit Starbucks. And the line is always forever in Lake St. Louis. Thank you, Starbucks, for being so popular. No, ordering online doesn't help me. It just makes me sit in your parking lot for 48 minutes before I get my little cup of coffee. Anyway, so Jesus was strolling into Bethany and, you know, he would have dinner with them. And, and, you know, this is not the first time that he was questioned by them. Don't you remember when when he came over for dinner and that Mary wanted to worship at his feet and Martha was worried about getting dinner prepared and the house clean and she was critical of Jesus back then? Send Mary to help me. And he says, no, what she has chosen is the good thing and I will not take that from her. Even when Jesus is standing at our feet saying this is the good thing, this is how the glory of God is revealed. Even Martha doubted him repeatedly. Oh, man. So what I'm trying to say is, it's human. It's okay if you've done that. I've done that. Repeatedly doubted God on the same thing I've seen him deliver me from. Enough time goes by, and I'll forget again, and I'll doubt him again. But eventually, you got to say, enough is enough. I'm done doubting. I'm moving forward. Moving on up to the east side. Jeffersons, anybody? Uh That's all I know. Jeffersons. Never liked the movie. Never liked the TV show back in the 80s, but. I remember the intro music. We can reduce what God will do based on our own expectation. God, you can't deliver the miracle because the house isn't clean and the dinner's not ready. Doesn't that sound foolish? God, you can't raise Lazarus because the tomb is stinking and he's been there four days. Doesn't that sound foolish? Guess who said that? The same person did both situations and doubted him both times. That seems silly to us. And then I can look in the mirror and go, well, I've done that. I've done that. Preparation for miracles from God happens through outward giving. Preparation for miracles from God occurs through outward giving. Why is that? Because giving is an act of faithfulness. Faithfulness is our belief taking action. It's the Bible, I didn't write it. Well, I know this and that. You know what? There is no greater feeling than to be a giver. There is no, I'm not just talking about with your money, I'm talking about with everything you do. There is no greater feeling. Than to be a giver. When I was a kid at Christmas time, and I had my list ready in July for all the things my mom was going to get me, that I would have a problem with on Christmas morning, and then she returned it to Kmart, and I do the swaparoo. I get something else, and on and on and on. This never thing. This thing would never happen. I was never happy. There's always a problem. It was exciting. I'd open it up and then on to the next thing. Everybody has kids. You know how it is. They open it up and then they're on to the next thing. And when they're small enough, they like the box. They like the box better than the toy. I mean, that's even more crazy when they're like two years old. They just love that box. They open up, they see the cardboard mic, and they're like, "Woohoo! next toy. Like, no, there's something in the box. You ever got a box from God and you're, you're fascinated with the box and you forgot to actually look inside? What he put in there for you? God says there's something in the box. It's not just the the wrapping paper, and it's not just the nice Harry and David wrapping. It's what's in the box is what I'm trying to actually bring to you, and you didn't even see it. Uh, So he groaned. He groaned. He He says, Martha, what you see is a miracle, and I've got the resurrection power in the box. It's in the box. Faithfulness and preparation for miracles starts with outward giving. When I start giving to God, I'm getting ready for something. Preparation meets opportunity, gives the ability to accept the opportunity to do something further for God's kingdom. And preparation happens through getting ready. That's why we give. That's why we volunteer. That's why we serve. We're getting ready, church. We're preparing for, to confuse the community. We are preparing to shock the community. one Seed Church is going to shock the community. So be prepared. It's going to be good. And we're going to celebrate when it happens. But God's time is unexpected. But God's deliverance is always expected. So don't worry about how. Don't worry about when. God is doing something incredible because of our willingness to prepare for His opportunity. God is about to drop an opportunity on your life that will blow your mind. An opportunity that will blow the mind of your church, that will blow this can't happen, uh, says Mary Martha. This can't happen, but it did. This can't happen. Anybody know Mike Todd? Not personally. Pastor Mike Todd, I don't usually, like, share this kind of stories, but this was fascinating. Mike Todd had a vision years ago that there would be this, there was a certain building in uh, Tulsa. He felt like God said that that would be the church's building, and it was completely, he calls it crazy faith. I call it reckless faith. Reckless can be a good thing when it's for God. Crazy faith can be reckless, and and. And so he felt like God said, this is the building. And everybody else says, that's crazy. That's not crazy faith, Pastor Mike. That's just crazy, okay? That's like, woohoo, crazy. So guess what? Last year, they bought the building. It was an arena. It was an arena for, like, old basketball games. Like, hello, okay, that's a little bigger than I planned, said the Pastor Mike. It was an arena. Like, that's a big building. So, so, then, so then I watched this video last week. And he says, he's like, this is so crazy. God did another miracle. He says, God told me that the entire complex, which has to all these buildings, it's a whole block. These aren't shabby buildings. These are nice buildings. These are new-looking buildings. He said, that would be the church's complex. They just bought it all. 20 acres of commercial real estate is all the church. And he shows this timeline of how, He felt like God gave it to him in a a vision, and then now they're acquiring it. Now, if that don't raise Lazarus from the dead, I'm looking at it from a financial going, oh, my Lord. That is a lot of responsibility. 20 acres of commercial real estate is a lot of responsibility. So my point to you is they were prepared for the opportunity. So the opportunity can manifest itself. And God God doesn't want to just bless that church. God wants to bless his church. His church is the body of Christ. So wherever faithfulness abounds, miracles happen. That's good. You might want to write it down. Wherever faithfulness abounds, miracles happen. Lazarus, come forth, he says. Well, I thought he was coming forth four days ago in 2020. God says it's 2021. Maybe it's 2021 that I'm going to raise your Lazarus. Maybe Lazarus is already alive and you don't know it. Lazarus, come forth. That is when vision becomes reality. You step by step, preparing for an opportunity, manifest an ability to take a vision and make it become reality. All they wanted was Jesus to live. I mean, Lazarus to live. Jesus did live too, by the way, in the resurrection after he was crucified. Just in case you, spoiler, Jesus rose, he lived, okay? But they wanted Lazarus to live in the moment, but Jesus had so much bigger plans. I am the way. I am the truth. Don't make me groan because you don't see with your faithfulness what I'm trying to show you, that I am the resurrection, and my plans are bigger than Lazarus getting up from that stinky tomb. It's bigger than that. God will raise up the most rejected idea by man and say, it can and will be done because God touched it. The dead now has risen and God has broken and defiled, defied, excuse me, all logic. Giving out of my heart with my tithes, which are his, by the way. He says, give me a tenth. I only ask for a tenth back and I'm going to give you everything. But when you take that step, God says, I'm going to multiply. You're not going to miss it. Giving out of my ties, my behavior, my, my heart, my time manifests his vision. Releasing our best to God allows his vision to become our reality. If you could stand with me this morning online and in the gym. Hey, I'm going to the gym today. Not to work out, to preach the word, to go to church. <laughs> We're at a gym. Anybody get it? Gym workout. Anybody? I can tell the coffee machines have been missing from seat Church. <laughs> <laughs> uh, cheap humor. I laugh at myself. I know it's weird. Church. Let me tell you. Everybody wants to see a vision manifest. But very few want to take the journey to watch the vision manifest, to get it to the manifestation. If it was easy, everyone would do it. But with God, all things are possible. And it's, it's nice to see the tree. Lit up with all the presents around it. But let me tell you, Michelle, dear Lord, quit wrapping them things. She spent like a month wrapping stuff. I didn't know all the legwork that went behind the manifestation of the glorious morning. We celebrate the Jesus birth, by the way. Even though there's 500 gifts, dollar store gifts. The kids wrap them and make their own. All the preparation behind the moment. It's like a wedding day. It's behind the moment. It's coming. It's coming. The vision for One Seat Church is coming. And I, I challenge you this morning with all my heart, with all my soul, with all my faithfulness. I challenge you and I encourage you to search yourselves and say, How bad do I want this? And let's lock arms. Because I promise you, church, God will not fail. He's faithful. God will not fail. Believe today what God can do through you. Yes, you. You are not insignificant. Your contribution in all ways matters. It's collective. It's the synergy. It's the core values of one seat Church that we do this together. And when we come together, God will change the world. We are one. Amen? Let's just pray as we go into worship. God, I've seen you move. You've moved the mountains. You told the Israelites to go to the promised land. what did they do? They circled the mountain. They circled the promised land for how long? Until finally one day. And you told Israel, don't doubt the manna. Don't worry about the manna because I've got a harvest in the field. See, I'm going to grow your faithfulness. I'm going to grow your faithfulness. That manna was for a season, but now it's time you grow your own crops because I've provided you the ground to grow. And now you can have more than some flat bread that's tasteless. You can have something more, even though it is good with the oil. You can have something more. And God says, now I'm going to provide a ground to you to take another step because when you step, I step, says the Lord. So God, use us today. Help me speak this right, God. Help me portray this right in a politically correct, sensitive culture, God, that I give it the way you should deliver it, and that is sensitive and graceful but honest, that their vision is sitting at the doorstep. You step. I step. You step. I step. God, let us Release what we've been holding on to. Let us release and quit trying to doubt you based on our timeline and our expectation and let us just go all in as your church and give it a try and say, it can't get much worse than 2020. So let's give it a try, church. Let's go all in and say, I'm not gonna worry about it. I'm gonna give this God thing 100% of my time and my life and see what God can do different because I've been holding on. And now 2021 is the year that 1C Church releases God's will into the earth and that the community shall see the elevation of his word come to pass. Lives will be changed. Doors will be opened. In Jesus' name, God. Let us never forget that we don't get in the field based on how many people show up in the field. We get in the field and call to move the plow because you've provided us a way to reap harvest. And if the house of God could say, In Jesus' name, if everybody can say together, amen.